0: Welcome back to another edition of It's Raining Mets. Meteorologist Ed Russo here.
1: And meteorologist Tom Russell here. How are you, my
0: friend? Good. How are you doing?
1: Doing well. Doing well. We're finally into winter. You know, it was so crazy warm, so I thought we might start with uh, a warm December and warmest year on record for Central Pierre
0: Yeah, and I think it was the what, it was warmest year on record. I know it was the second warmest December, but it was also the warmest year on record.
1: Which actually beat out 2020. So the last two years in central PA have been very, very warm. Now, this is what I noticed is it wasn't so much we had hot days, and we did. We had plenty of days in the 90s, but we don't cool off at night. That has been the real trend over the last couple of years. And especially during the summer, you get those overnight lows that are well into the 70s. But even in the cool months, and we just experienced this over, um, you know, New Year's, it was what, 50 degrees when we're ringing in the new year? Yeah, so I night. think we
0: hit 60. I think we hit 60.
1: Well, I mean at night, though. In the middle, we, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. at night. Yeah, yeah, we didn't cool down at all. So I think that's been a big trend is the lack of cooling at night.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, the, the the low temperature oftentimes is what gets overlooked because obviously less people are outside to experience it because right. you know, people are out there in the daytime. So. You know, people think, oh, we must be hotter in the afternoon. No, not necessarily the case. It's just that we're not cooling down at night, as you were saying. And and n- nobody's necessarily witness to that because, you know, most people are inside sleeping.
1: That's a good point. That's why, you know, when it happens on a New Year's Eve or something where people are out, you notice it. You're like, wow, it's the middle of winter and I don't need a coat or I don't need a hat right. Or whatever. Right. Incredible. Um, so you think this is part of a, a bigger trend? I think five of the last six years have been the uh, warmest on record for for central pa so we're certainly in this warming trend but the the only way we beat these is not by a lot it's like by a hundreds of a uh, of a degree
0: right right and you know it's just it, it does seem like over the past I, I guess you know five or six years we usually have you know a month or two in the winter that's usually in the top 10 warmest on record Mm-hmm. And that's what happened with you know December, uh, being the second warmest on record, and and the warmest December on record. What was the day for that? What was the year?
1: Uh, I forget that one, but it was I second. To to
0: it. I think it was recent. I'm pretty sure it In was recent. Last couple of years, you mean. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, so um, I know some well, people have been, you know, wanting that winter weather, and it's finally here.
1: Yeah, it's finally come. So I always like to point out that, you know, we've had these crazy swings like this before. You did a whole report on on 96 where we, um, you know, we had all this snowfall in January 96. And then, of course, it warmed up to 60 degrees. We got all the rain, and that's when it took out the bridge on the Susquehanna. So what people talk about now as being unprecedented. We've never done this before. You know, we do hit 60 in in January. We did it uh, 30 years ago, almost 30 years ago.
0: Right, you know, and and again, we still have – we, you know, I, I can't tell you, there were several times over the past fall where I'd say, hey, we, we've hit a record high and it's a 124-year-old record. <laughs> you know, so we are, you know, when you say something's unprecedented, keep in mind that when we talk about breaking records, we're talking about records that have stood for 125 years ago. And 125 yeah. years ago, we, were, we saw temperatures this warm. Because it's not like in some cases we smashed the record. It may have been a degree or two higher. Right. But still, 125 years ago, we were seeing winter days where we were in the 60s, even pushing 70. So, right. you know, it's, you, we got to be very careful when you go out there. And, you know, in your lifetime, it may be unprecedented. Right. You know, we tend well, to, we tend to yeah. be creatures of our own experience. Uh, so yeah. you just have – and that's how a lot of people when they – oh, it used to be so much snowier in the 60s. Well, you're talking about your experience where you right. live. You know, people have tunnel vision. You have well, to look at the broader picture.
1: I always explain when people bring that up is that uh, when, it, when it snows five inches and you're only uh, four foot whatever, it comes up to your knee. <laughs> but as an adult, it's just something that's in your way between you and going to work. You know?
0: Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's so much of this stuff is is perspective.
1: Yeah, it really is. But it, it has been fascinating. It's certainly been a warm couple of years. But that's what led me to think, okay, we got to break this spell. Uh, we've got to get back to the, the really cold winters. And, and honestly, we just haven't had one in a couple of years. So that's why I think I was due. Now, what's interesting is we look here into January. Obviously, we're cold now. Uh, and we see a lot of cold moving forward, don't you?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we finally have a you know, I think one of the big driving forces behind this pattern change is we're finally starting to see the west mo- west warm up. We're seeing this big ridge of warmth starting to build into Alaska. And, you know, much of the first, much of fall, much of the, you know, December, it was bitterly cold there. I even think Alaska was seeing record cold in in some locations. Yeah, uh, and we, we weren't were even talking, talking about that. You're right. It was right, happening. Right. We were having, you know, historic Potentially historic cold in the Pacific Northwest, you know, Seattle saw several days in a row. It was in the 20s It snowed up to the Oregon and Washington coast which right. is which is Not you know, it's that's relatively rare. So yeah. you know While we were baking under the Sun here on the East Coast, you know You have the West Coast, which was which was dealing with a with a lot of cold and again, you know this past summer they had historic heat they don't have the infrastructure to really deal with big wild temperature swings because they're usually dominated by much by a much more um, steady temperature. Like their yeah, moderate, their summers right? are 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 mild and dry, and their winters are cool and wet. You don't have the harsh extremes, right? You know, especially right. well, in places like lowland Seattle.
1: I was gonna say Seattle seeing that snow that was pretty unusual.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was, and, and they saw several days in a row of just cold stuff.
1: <laughs> really cold stuff. Uh, so, yeah, we do see that shift happening, and uh, we always talk about weather, the yin and the yang. So when Ed says that, you know, we're in a trough in the east and a ridge out west, now we're kind of flip-flopping that. So let's talk about the cold put in perspective because um, the next three weeks, basically from now until uh, late January, historically, climatolo- uh, climatologically, these are the coldest three weeks of the year. So we expect this kind of cold in January.
0: Yeah, so, you know, a lot of people think, you know, oh, it's a switch, you know, we go right into winter right away, you know, oftentimes it's, it's a gradual process, but yeah, you know, we get that seasonal lag, you know, uh, we get, you know, the darkest day of the year, of course, is the winter solstice, where you have the, the least amount of UV radiation hitting the earth, so it would make sense that that would be the coldest day of the year, but again, we have that seasonal lag. So, the coldest weather usually comes after that. Right. January, even into February, like what we see. And, and, and that means our normal high mid 30s.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Albert 30s.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, right now, historically, in our coldest point.
1: So that's going to be the next couple of weeks, and we certainly think that's going to play out. So if you've been wondering where winter was, if you'd like to go skiing, there's going to be plenty of cold air to at least uh, make some snow. All right, we're staring at Farm Show Week, and, of course, everybody thinks it always snows in Farm Show Week. Uh, We had a little bit of snow Friday. And then looking at a potential ice storm uh, as well. But other than that, I don't think I see farm show snow. You?
0: Yeah, you know, usually when you get into these really cold patterns, oftentimes they end up dry because the storm track is suppressed south of us. Right, because that cold air is taking over. Right, right. right. You know, to get oftentimes our biggest snows around here, temperatures, they can't be super cold, like marginal, maybe around freezing, low 30s, upper 20s. but. You know, we might have a day next week where we're in the mid-20s. Right, for highs. Right, especially if we can keep some of the snow cover that we get. I mean, I think we warm, you know, we might warm up a, a little bit. But, um, you know, if we have a little snow cover, that's going to make it much easier to be much colder at night and also some cooler highs during the day.
1: Yeah, it really acts like that uh, refrigerator theory where once you set that cold in, it just kind of reinforces itself. Uh, so just going across some of the models here as we're as we're talking, it it definitely seems to be reinforced. Uh, Even later in the month, so we'll retreat a little bit a little bit get back to normal and then I see another wave of cold air So January looks plenty cold uh, But one of the things you and I talked about at the beginning of the season was the cold season is that we could see these mixed storms And that's always the most dangerous kind when you have the ice stuff Uh, So we may be dealing with that a couple of times, too.
0: Yeah, you know, and you don't You just don't need a lot of you could have a tenth of an inch of ice, which is just a thin glaze and you could have new tires with deep new treads that don't yep. do anything.
1: Doesn't matter. Doesn't, Doesn't matter. matter. It's all about traction. Can you get any traction? So I guess our best best advice moving forward here is that uh, we're in the heart of winter. Uh, take it seriously. Make sure your tires are good. And uh, we don't want to see what happened. What was it, November fifteenth, uh, a couple of years ago, when everybody was stranded in that snow and like, oh, it, it always frustrates me. I mean, this thing that just happened last week in um, along I ninety five. You know, we we to me. Winter weather should not be deadly. It should not be dangerous. In other words, the only, the only way winter weather becomes dangerous is if you put yourself in harm's way. Now, I'm not saying these people set out to put themselves in harm's way, but they were they were on the highway when, you know, uh, tractor trailers jackknifed, and then you're stuck. They were stuck on the highway for a day. Yep. You know, you need food, you need water. So I'm always frustrated when winter weather becomes deadly. You know what right, I mean? You
0: know, a, a lot of this stuff... Is preventable but it's it, it really gets down to the fact that people they like to talk about ways to to live and, and do things in a smart fashion but yet when they're living their day-to-day lives oftentimes people just don't think that they're gonna be a, a victim of circumstance so they don't take right. those precautions they don't say oh I, I I don't have a blanket in my car I, right I, what are the chances I'm gonna get stuck I'll just walk to a gas station and warm up. But that's exactly a classic case of why you need a blanket in your car because you're stranded. You have nowhere right. to go. You know, there was a
1: we, – we ran some uh, – a story of uh, Tim Kaine who's a lawmaker in uh, in Virginia, and he said, well, it was – he was stuck on the highway and it was five miles to the next exit and five miles to the previous exit and he was stuck you know you don't think in this modern world that you can literally get stuck but you know 10 inches of snow and you're five miles from any kind of help that's that's stuck
0: yeah so that's that's why it just goes without saying that in in a situation like that you have to have the essentials you should have water you should have yep. you know blankets you know close by somewhere in your car and most people still probably don't have that kind of stuff in their car but that situation makes you think twice
1: it's so simple to do just have that little kit and do it you know just put it in there you can forget about it until you uh until you actually need it so that's such a simple thing to do all right so we're almost halfway through winter because we always look at winter as december january february and russo where do we go from here what do you think
0: i think we start to warm things up a little bit in february Okay. I'm, um, you know, and, and normally you can't, you can only sustain a cold pattern so long around here. Right. So I would think as we get into that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to have absent winter precipitation and little, you know, bitter cold snaps. But I think as we head into February, I'm thinking we'll probably go back to more of, you know, not necessarily what we saw in December, but to a to a less degree, still maybe warm enough to get a lot of those mixed systems as we were talking about. Okay, okay. so even th- some rain.
1: Makeup. Well, I was going to ask you about that because December was really dry. We ended the, the year on a very dry note. Um, what do you think precipitation-wise? Are we going to catch up a little bit?
0: Yeah, so kind of towards the end of the month, when December, when we were getting in on those milder systems, I think we could certainly see that as we go through February. Not, not to that degree, pun intended, uh-huh. but, um, but certainly uh, warm enough where we you know, could potentially see more rain than snow.
1: That's certainly how I feel. The other thing that you and I talked about when we did our winter weather prediction, uh, along with Steve Knight, we talked about a winter that lingers. So yeah. in other words, uh, it kind of lingers through March, maybe even into April. I, I definitely feel that way about this winter. How about you?
0: Yeah, so I'm thinking, you know, and as we were saying in our winter weather special, I think as we get into uh, March, uh, that's our you know chance to see maybe our biggest snow of the season. Right. Um, right. And, and March, historically, has been known for that. So that's, well, that's where we see some of our bigger storms. It goes back to what you said earlier, that when you have those marginal temperatures, you often have a lot more moisture to work with.
1: And you get that right setup, and bam, you get a nice nor'easter in, in early March.
0: Yeah, and, and the jet stream is, is usually not dipping like super far south, where you just have this massive cold that's keeping things cold and snowless. Usually we're right on, you know, the storm track is usually right over the right across the East Coast, right. And, and that's you know where we can get oftentimes get our best best winter weather setups.
1: Okay, so uh, to recap, there's going to be plenty of cold here in January. It backs off a bit for February, but winter lingers. Uh, March. What do you think about Aprils? It linger that far? Yeah.
0: So I think you know usually when, when I think of a lingering winter, I think it's even cool into April. Ugh, I hate those guys. And I know, me too. And then, and then we finally see the that, that warm-up hits permanently
1: the second half of May. Right, right. So, and then we finally turn the corner, but uh, uh, definitely a lot of winter to go as we look ahead. Um, oh, let's shift to a farm show because Ed Russo just covered the opening of the butter sculpture. Tell us what you learned about that. That was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, so uh, h- how many sticks of butter do you think they used?
1: uh it's a pretty big thing this one has like two full figures right and, i don't know uh, a
0: specific number just ambiguous general points. uh uh 90 pounds it's gotta be more than that well no it's actually i'll ask you the weight in a second but how many sticks oh, okay. of butter sticks yeah uh, little sticks of butter that you
1: get that are oh like, if it's
0: just per stick it's gotta be like two thousand it's probably like above six
1: thousand. Six thousand. yeah jeez now it's not salted butter though right
0: Actually, I don't know. That's a good question. I should have asked because I, I wonder if salted butter is better to work with.
1: No, they always use uh, – because when they're done milk. with it, they, they uh, just turn it into biofuel. They don't use it.
0: Okay, yeah, so it wouldn't have salt. There's no salt it would, in it. Would, it would be unsalted. That's right. Yeah, it doesn't so that's, taste good. So they're recycling all that butter for, for yes, energy. For energy. For, uh, so, bio, yeah, biofuel, right. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's interesting because the butter – so yeah – Probably over six, five, six thousand sticks of butter. We'll get into the weight in a second, but um, they use they adjust the temperature inside the um, inside the little room where they build this thing uh-huh. in the farm show complex. They adjust the temperature based on what they're
1: sculpting. Ooh, so, so
0: they want it to be so, more
1: malleable sometimes.
0: Yeah, so it you know if you're trying to really be detailed and make intricate like leaves and stuff, uh-huh. like they have a there's a part of uh, the, the sculpture where there's a, one of the farmers is holding a basket of fruit okay. and, and carrots, and they have like the little leaves on the end of the carrots, very intricately detailed. Uh-huh. And when you have warmer temperatures, it's, I, I guess, it's harder to work with, you know, very small details like that because it has the, it's a, a mushier kind of sculpting. So okay. it, in colder temperatures, the the butter's more firm, and you can make some grooves and more detailed you know, imprints in, into the butter. Does that make sense? Yeah, that sounds very it, interesting. Yeah, it sounds like so you're ready to make one. Yeah. It, it, well, I saw mine two, two years ago, believe me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember
0: I showed what I made, and Stacy was like, what is that? What is that? Well... <laughs>
1: All right, so the butter sculpture uh, is out, it's unveiled, it's ready to go. Yeah. Uh, now Ed Russo, what is your favorite thing at the farm show? Do you I have a food thing. or a, a oh, booth yeah, or the, something? It's
0: the food. Just looking at all of the uh, you know, locally grown food that's that's brought a lot of the uh, homemade stuff. Um, you know, historically I've I've always had a milkshake when I've gone there. Um, right. So those those are always really good. Um, I'm all about the cheese cubes, as you know. Yes, it's definitely yes. my favorite. Yeah, uh, I mean, there, yeah, there's a lot of you know traditions that people have. Uh, is there something else besides cheese cubes that is also very well known there?
1: Oh, mushrooms! I mean, the yeah. potato, potato donuts. I mean, I could go on, it. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Nobody, nobody enjoys the food at the farm show more than yours truly here. Food, so.
0: food. I tell you, food really brings people together. I mean, it's it, just, does. It's, it's a, it, it does. It does. It, it's an experience. It, it tastes awesome, and you get the best of what this, area of the country provides right there at, at the farm show. It's amazing how big that place is.
1: It, it really is, and uh, if you hadn't heard, uh, they did a lot of renovation during the uh, pandemic when uh, things weren't happening, so they've got some new air circulation, so that should help with the smell, uh, but uh, that really improved a lot of the area, so I'm anxious to uh, enjoy it this week, the farm show. Actually, uh, that reminds you? me,
0: when you said yeah. smell, I got to tell you, inside the little uh, inside the little butter room where the butter sculpture is, you know uh-huh. what it smells like? What? What? Smells like butter, Tom. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know that, like you, you know that smell, that like that smell of butter when right before they dump it on popcorn. Ooh, I like, like that. Th- that specific kind of butter smell—that's what it smells like. Well, yeah. you have yeah. me at popcorn, but butter popcorn. It's very and strong. Very good. It's very, very strong. Good. Wow. It's, it's really cool. It's amazing. It's a thousand It's a thousand pounds, by the way.
1: Oh, 1,000 pounds of butter. So get out, enjoy the farm show. It will be very cold, so uh, we don't see a whole lot of precipitation other than uh, the Sunday of farm show week. Uh, but uh, it, it will be uh, some of the coldest here we've seen uh, and we'll see all season, so uh, dress accordingly. Um, so as we wrap things up, anything you want to uh, add in? It looks like we're headed for some cold weather moving forward.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so if you are a winter weather lover, mm-hmm. you know great news for the ski resorts around there, around here, that they'll finally be getting some help. Yes. Um, you know, I feel like every, you know, I, I drive right by Roundtop when I go home, and it seems like every little rain event we get, it's snow covered one day, and then you see green patches the next because it just warms <laughs> up and melts. I mean, that's I a lot of work. It's money, and it's just it work. is. It's, it's funny. Kind of frustrating. Right. Well, you know? yeah. Finally, Mother Nature is
1: going to cooperate, Finally. Uh, and let that make some snow. So, and yeah. maybe I will see you out on the slopes. In addition to CBS Twenty One.
0: Oh, that's that's great. Sounds good, Tom. See you out there right. too. I'll I'll be on the I'll be on the double black diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be on the bunny hill. Okay. I'll see you either way. All, right, All bye. right. See you later, Tom. You're listening to It's Raining Mets.